This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. Libby is a little under the weather today. We're hoping she returns tomorrow. Toronto Mayor John Tory is in the midst of trying to make everyone happy, or at least trying to make sure everyone's not unhappy. The King Street Pilot Project has been good for streetcar riders in speeding up commutes, but not so good for restaurant owners, particularly in the entertainment district on King Street. The mayor will join us at 1220. But in the meantime, we have the CEO and president of the Ontario Restaurant Hotel and Motel Association, Tony Alenis, on the line, as well as Fred Luck of the popular King Street restaurant, Fred's Not Here. Gentlemen, hello to both. Good afternoon, Jane. Fred, when I say popular, I hope that's not a reference to the past. <laughs> We're still doing okay, Jane. Good. Because you do have a popular spot there. But have you noticed a drop in business since the pilot project began in November? Yes, we, we, do. we did. Um, since uh, the pilot project in November and December, what we felt um, the most is the weekend, Saturday and Sunday business, the lunch business. Uh, since they took away the parking, and uh, because of the uh, the King Street pilot, how they navigate through different streets and so on and so forth, our lunch business had dropped quite a bit, of, quite a bit of sales. Your Saturday Sunday lunch crowd. Yeah, because it, it is a mixed use area. People park their car, especially on Sunday, where they can park for free until one o'clock, okay. one p.m. So a lot of people go to to tip, see a movie, come in for lunch or before and after type situation. We lost all those business. So overall, do most of your patrons come by car? I would think most do because we do a lot of business from uh, from the theaters. The coming for pre theater dining before the theaters at Mervis theaters. Same time, a lot of people go into the symphony. A lot of those people are from all of town, from the uh, you know Mississauga, Markham area. They drive down here. A lot of them have mobility issues too. At the same time, so they need uh, direct drop off in front of our restaurant before parking their car. So they're going to have difficulties getting down here. They have difficulties getting down here. And same time, what happened is we found that uh, our cancellation rate uh, has increased by about uh, three-folds. Uh, what they, they'll phone us to say they have a 5.30, 6 o'clock reservation. They said, I couldn't get down here on time because all the cars are basically driven out from King Street and they end up in some other streets. So they're being tied up somewhere else. So they, they, what they did is they have theater tickets. They say, well, I don't have time for dinner. Right. So they cancel the dinner and they go to theaters directly. I see. So now, before the pilot project, uh, would the majority of your customers be able to find a spot on King Street? Or, or... No, it's, parking's not, it's not finding a parking spot, rather than the fact that they couldn't get down here on time because of the gridlock, yes. additional gridlock in the neighboring streets. So by the time they get arrived in the area, they just don't have time for dinner. 
Okay, now let's uh, go to Tony Elenis, the president and CEO of the Ontario Restaurant, Hotel and Motel Association. Tony, this scenario that's affecting many of the restaurants on King, it's not just Fred's. You're representing uh, at least a couple of dozen different restaurants where the owners are saying the same thing. Yes, uh, Jane, and I've talked to many, uh, many owners, and I know, you know, in many cases the media walks into a restaurant and asks the the, the cook in the kitchen or, or the server, but I, I go right to the ownership. I have enough uh, of a network to, to really understand the numbers. And, and our organization, back in December, completed a survey asking the question to the owners uh, what type of uh, uh, declines they've seen in revenues. The answers we got back averaged anywhere from 2 to 52%. But that was challenged uh, as non-scientific and and rightfully, it was not validated. So, so we um, in turn went after a credit card processing company, and, and yesterday I received the numbers, which are real and can be validated and can be audited. They, they showed us the data of all the clients that are using credit cards, comparing data from Jarvis Street to Simcoe, where the issue is happening. The average revenue per small business, restaurant declined by 41.2% year-on-year from 2016 to 2017 for the month of December. Right. right. I, yes, I was reporting that on Zoomer Radio News this and, morning. And, that That's staggering, really. And that is significant. And, and really, we, we need to narrow this down into, into a, a very simple uh, issue. It, it is very complex. But King Street was viewed as a vibrant, but yet congested downtown street, as, as some others are. An initiative for a test pilot, again, a planning idea came upon us with three objectives. To speed up the transit of passenger flow, to improve the public realm, and to ensure there's economic prosperity. Well, the economic prosperity goal has failed and failed miserably. And as a test pilot, there needs to be a trick. And the mayor has said it very well. You know, this is a test pilot, and we need to adjust as we move forward. That uh, 41.2% drop is significant to uh, act upon it, but, but also the industry is a cash flow industry, and they cannot survive, many of them, for a long time. I've heard from owners that they actually infuse dollars into their business to keep them afloat, uh, and, and that's the type of industry it is. It's not a, a highly um, uh, a high sector that has high profit margins and they can survive for a few months. Unfortunately, the food service industry is, is, has a very slim margin uh, performance. I'm speaking with Tony Elenis, the president and CEO of the Ontario Restaurant Hotel and Motel Association, along with the owner of the King Street Restaurant, Fred's Not Here, Fred Luck. I want to open up the conversation to you as well. Are you avoiding King Street as a result of the King Street pilot project? Or are you using King Street more because streetcar service is now quicker between Bathurst and Jarvis? Your perspective, are you frightened away? Away from King Street, thinking you won't get a parking spot, that there's no place for you to park close by these restaurants, and going elsewhere instead. I'd like to hear from you. 
And the mayor would like to hear from you as well. He'll be joining us on the line in about eight minutes from now. 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Tony and Fred, uh, Fred, I'll put this to you. What about all of these initiatives the mayor is putting forth? So the Winterlicious type of program, Eats on King. He's looking for a submission from local businesses on what to do this with the spaces, uh, the public spaces on the blocks, winter warming stations, art installations. What do you think about those incentives to get people to come to King Street? Well, we don't know too much about Eats on King, the, the program that they want to propose, they want to do right after Winterlicious. Um, I, since we have no details on that whatsoever, we don't know what to expect. And I, um, I'm not putting any uh, uh, hopes that that will bring additional people because if you combine Winterlicious with Eats on King, that's going to be like a two-month program. So we have to give incentive to get people to come down to dine. That's what Winterlicious is all about. It's uh, giving good value to to customers. Uh, our, our businesses on King Street, everybody is pretty much hurting right now. So I don't know how much we can give in terms of discounts and stuff like that to bring people in for a two-month period. Um, but again, at the end of the day, we don't know too much details of it. They don't have the information on it. And as far as I know, uh, to date, they have not consulted with any restaurateur about their program. So Okay. Now, they're yeah. saying that it's going to take place uh, starting February 19th uh, until roughly the end of March. Do yeah. you get the sense that there have been no details ironed out if you haven't been contacted no, or surveyed? I, I, as, as far as I know, I sit on the Winter Alicious Summer Alicious Board. Uh, we have not been contacted about this new program. None of the restaurant people that I know have been contacted about that whatsoever. But see, what happened is Winterlicious, um, during the year of the Pan Am Games, Winterlicious was uh, extended for, Summerlicious was extended for 10 more days. And we did not find any increase in sales. People just basically uh, extended their, their, their time frame for dining out. There's no additional sales in, uh, uh, recorded whatsoever. So having a two-month period, if you look at the start of Winter Lectures, which is end of the 26th of January, all the way to March, uh, that what they're proposing right now for this kind of program, uh, I don't know how, how it will work, and uh, I'm not sure people would, would come out just for, for the sake of coming out for a two-month period. Okay, so that is, that is still to be seen. Yes, Tony, go ahead. Yeah, uh, first of all, we compliment the mayor for coming up with initiatives and focusing on supporting the industry. Right? Those ideas, those initiatives that were announced yesterday, uh, hopefully they work. We all want traffic back somehow. We all want customers back in those, <coughs> in those uh, restaurants that serve great food. And when we want all your listeners to go down and taste the flavors because one thing that hasn't changed on King Street is the food. Great food, great concepts, and, and, and their variety of that melting pot that makes Toronto famous on it. But, but initiatives, uh, we need to know more about them. Um, uh, on our end, um, you know, the, the business community has looked at this very thoroughly and, and has uh, made a conclusion that uh, the support would be given to increase traffic to restaurants if the restrictions are lifted after 7 p.m. Right. and on weekends, because that's not really creating an issue with 
with the uh, congestion, which was the aim of the of the pilot project anyway. And Tony, I'm going to ask Mayor Tory about your compromise because if we're talking about seven after seven p.m. on weekdays and weekends, that alleviates uh, the issue with the congestion during morning and afternoon rush hours. Right, it's a win-win because the test pilot keeps on going. Uh, at its conclusion, it will be evaluated with uh, uh, analysis paralysis, as they say, and hopefully there will be a happy conclusion to whatever that is determined. But let's get some some uh, revenue into into those uh, into the restaurants uh, sooner than than later. Okay. And, and know, Jane, uh, there, uh, we've met with him. Uh, he was uh, very open to and sincere about evaluating our ask. And, and hopefully we'll hear some gun, some good news from him. Absolutely. Tony, I'll say goodbye to you now. Uh, Fred, did you want to make one more comment yeah, before I, I, we I, yeah, go to the Jane, mayor? Yeah, just one last uh, comment is I think that the a balanced approach that every, everyone wins the best way to ensure success of this pilot. Uh, our group is looking forward to the meeting with the mayor this Friday. And, and believe, we believe that Mayor Tory understand that an all-inclusive approach is the best way to govern. Okay, Fred, will you stay on the line now through the mayor's phone call? Sure. Okay, that would be great, because I'm sure he wants to hear your perspective ahead of time as well. Again, thank you to Tony Elena, CEO, President of the Ontario Restaurant, Hotel and Motel Association. Mayor Tory joins us next, and your phone calls welcome as well on the King Street Pilot Project, 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Fight Back with Libby's Nimer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. We're talking about the King Street Pilot Project, the growing pains around the King Street Pilot Project. And on the line with us now is Toronto Mayor John Tory. Mayor, thanks for joining us. A pleasure, Jane. And you know, I'm very glad you used the expression you did. Uh, I mean, I'm not, uh, you know, I, I think growing pains is a good you know, way to describe what we're going through in a pilot project that's meant to last for a year. We're eight weeks into it, and there are going to be things that come up that require our attention, such as the fate of businesses, and uh, that's a very good way to put it. Well, I, I certainly congratulate you on, despite uh, the challenges that the restaurants are facing, uh, you received a compliment from Tony Elenis before the break uh, from the Restaurant Hotel and Motel Association saying that, that the restaurant owners really appreciate what you're doing, that you're reaching out to them, you're going to have a meeting on Friday, that you're willing to listen to compromise. And it seems to me that's what this is all about. Well, it's about looking at, first and foremost, I think the main thing we have to get over, and many of your listeners will be in this uh, you know, category because it really applies to the whole population, there's a great deal of confusion about what's going on or what's not going on down there. I mean, there is this notion out there that cars have been banned and that there's no parking anymore and so on, which couldn't be further from the truth. I went there, I've been trying to go there myself, both to ask questions and learn, but also to patronize those businesses when um, things are slower. And I can tell you, when I went there the other night in my own car, the route I took, the place I parked, was unaffected by the King Street pilot. And I was going to dinner at a restaurant right on King Street. And it's because the parking lots are still open, the roads are still open, King Street itself is different. I admit that. So one of the things we have to get around is confusion. And then the second thing I, I think we have to do that's sort of related to that is get people back down there. Um, and I think once they go back down to their favorite restaurants and bars and so on, um, then business will come back up as they see that actually for the vast majority of people, uh, things aren't affected. But it's my job uh, to make this work in every respect. 
effect, and that is for the transit riders who are finding the streetcar uh, service faster. And we had a situation before, Jane, where streetcars were traveling slower than a person walking, literally. Yes. Who could possibly think that's acceptable? But then also to make sure it works for business uh, and for other car drivers as well. And we're working on all of that because uh, success means we have something that's livable for all those people. What is the ultimate goal in terms of time-saving measures uh, for the streetcar riders? I understand now that the the times are reduced by about 14 percent. What's the ultimate goal in getting in that going across that stretch from Bathurst to Jarvis? We didn't have one because, quite frankly, we were not sure. You know, we measured the before and we did it in very sophisticated ways using technology the before, and we, we're now measuring the during. And those months, uh, those numbers are coming out every month, and the next uh, set of numbers will be out next week. Um, and then you sort of see how you do. But I mean, 14 percent would be, I would think, to anybody who's riding on one of those streetcars, certainly from the ones that talk to me, and there are many that email me and see me on the street and say that the 14 percent, as it were, represents a saving of time they really appreciate in their day-to-day lives. And they sure appreciate the notion that they're not looking out the window of the streetcar, seeing that they are sitting on a streetcar, albeit that it might be warm, that is moving slower than someone walking down the sidewalk. So I don't know that we had a specific number in mind as much as we certainly had to see in order to declare success that the streetcars would be more reliable and they were 50% more reliable. In other words, there wasn't as much of that bunching of streetcars people found very frustrating and that they were faster. And it seems like both of those things are being accomplished. But at the same time, you know, full success only involves that kind of improvement or better, uh, as well as um, businesses being able to carry on and, uh, and, and traffic not being made a nightmare on other streets, which, again, the current batch of information indicates the traffic is, is relatively unchanged on the, uh, the parallel streets and the north-south streets. Mayor Tory, you and I both know, uh, because my husband Myron and I also frequent restaurants on King Street and have since the pilot project went into effect. And um, I have to say that the few experiences we've had, we have managed to find parking on the side streets. It hasn't been that big of a deal, but some of the best restaurants in the city, the funkiest residents, uh, re- uh, restaurants, the the more uh, the newer restaurants are on King. Uh, one of those, uh, it's been around for a long time, actually, is Fred's Not Here. And we have Fred Luck on the line with us. I know that the two of you will be at a meeting together on Friday. Fred, is there anything you'd like to ask the mayor ahead of that meeting on Friday? Hi, uh, Mayor. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you, Fred. Uh, I just, again, Jane, I want to give, uh, I want to give uh, Mayor a tremendous amount of credit. Uh, the mayor walked the streets in, uh, in November and visited my restaurant, and, and he's, he is extremely concerned about the business side of things with this pilot project. And uh, what, we, what we sort of uh, requested the mayor to consider, uh, hopefully that we can get some sort of a response on Friday, is to see if we can seize the, um, the pilot at 7 o'clock on weeknights on weekdays and then no weekends. Um, it, it makes sense. It, it keeps the integrity of the pilot project uh, and move people back uh, quicker to get home and go to work uh, uh, during rush hour. Uh, you know, and then after the rush hour is over, perhaps that, that the vitality and vibrancy of the city of King Street can be returned. Uh, I think that's the best case scenario. It's a compromise. It's a balanced approach. Uh, I believe Mayor Tory understands that, and we hope, hopefully we can uh, uh, we have come to some sort of agreement. Mayor, certainly that's not the first you've heard of that compromise idea. What is your response? 
Well, I'd say two things. First, uh, obviously, we announced some things yesterday, and the design of the things we announced yesterday, recognizing they don't represent a total solution, uh, were to take measures to get people interested in coming down to King Street. Uh, and that includes a big thing, uh, and I want to promote it here and now, uh, called Eats on King, which is going to start next month and is going to go for a month and really sort of like Winterlicious, get people to come down to these restaurants and patronize them. With respect to changing the sort of operational nature and the hours of uh, King Street, we've always said that we would take a look at those kinds of changes, and I'm sort of constantly meeting with our city staff uh, on these kinds of things, and um, we're looking forward to continuing those discussions with uh, with the uh, businesses on Friday. I should say none of these things are as simple as they sound. If, the, if there's been confusion caused by the present arrangements, which say that, you know, cars are not able to use the street as a through street uh, all the time, then imagine, you know, how much more complicated, and that's not saying impossible, but how much more complicated it is. So what I don't like to do is just to sort of say, sure, sounds good to me, um, and then have people get either disappointed or completely confused. So we're looking at all the different things we can try to do to maintain the integrity of moving the transit vehicles faster, which was always our purpose, uh, but at the same time, make sure we can help uh, the businesses and the street to do well. So uh, we're looking forward to the meeting on Friday, and we'll discuss, uh, you know, whatever the, the group uh, want to discuss in terms of, uh, of those things. And that, that is, as you say, not one that hasn't been discussed before. Okay, so, um, Mayor, I just want to know as well, uh, you know, you've had a lot of resistance to the King Street Pilot Project from some people in the suburbs. Uh, your your only declared rival so far in the mayoral race, Doug Ford, he is very much against it. Uh, what do you say to those people who say that this is a war on cars? It, it feels like it's a tired argument, but uh, but it is a valid argument for many people. Well, it is a very tired argument, and I'll simply say this, and I don't talk about him very often, but since you raised his name and directly what he had to say about this, Mr. Ford was here at City Hall. At City Hall. He actually voted against doing anything on King Street, anything at all. And, and he knew that streetcars were moving slower than people walking. And so I would say that is a complete abdication of responsibility when he had it, and that the notion that we would just sit around and say the status quo is adequate when 65,000 people, the busiest uh, surface transit route in Toronto and in North America, are going to be moving at a snail's pace is not acceptable. He was the same guy that, that, uh, you know, that canceled bus routes and the same guy that tried to close libraries. And so I think if people want that kind of leadership where we turn back the hands of time and just say, somehow we're going to close our eyes to the realities of a big growing city and the need to move people around and encourage them to use public transit, um, I think that's an approach people are not going to accept, and I don't. And I think what I accept is the need to bring about positive change to do it in the way we're doing it, which is through a pilot project. The notion of giving that pilot project a fair chance, it's only eight weeks into a one-year period. The notion of paying attention to the concerns of business and making changes to see if we can make things better for them, which we started to do yesterday. So I just think most people don't accept his approach at all, and they certainly can take a good look at his record, uh, which is one that just says they'll do nothing on King Street. They will cancel this project entirely, uh, and they will go back to doing the stuff they did before, Mr. Ford, cutting bus routes and closing, trying to close libraries. That's what they'll do. And one final question, understanding you have to go now. Do you think that the final version of King Street will look like the King Street in the pilot project? Well, I don't know. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, certainly one of the things that 
that's an advantage to King Street, and I think even Fred might be one of those who could take advantage of this, is that some of the space previously used for parking on the curb was the space we put out yesterday to people, to, uh, including the businesses, to design ways in which that space can be used so that I think when people see uh, some of the outdoor cafes and other outdoor uses that will be made of that space in better weather, uh, they're going to think that's terrific. And I think the people who are on the streetcars that are moving much faster think that's terrific already and want that preserved. So, you know, do I think there will be some more changes made along the way, as we would do on a pilot project, as Mr. Luck does with his menu, uh, you know, at the restaurant? I mean, you make changes all the time to make things work better. And so if things are in the pilot not working exactly as they should, well, then uh, we will make the changes to make them work better for everybody. But the bottom line is we're not going back to the old way of King Street, which was working for nobody. Drivers were sitting behind streetcars. Streetcars were sitting behind drivers. Um, it just wasn't working. And there's no way we can afford with 65,000 people uh, traveling that route every day to just say, you know, throw our hands up and say we're doing nothing. All right. Well, good luck, Mayor Tory, and thank you for thank your you, time. Jane. Okay. Bye-bye now. You're listening to Zoomer Radio's Fight Back. I'm Jane for Libby. And coming up next, it's a day of action to support Tim Horton's employees. Are you supporting them? 416-360-0740 or 1-866-740-4740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.